Hi, and welcome back to The Voice of Healthcare, episode 13 for June 2018. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based here in Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host for the show is Dr. Matt Sabolsky. Matt, say hello. Hello, Brad. Hello, everyone. Uh, As usual, I'm excited about something, but I'm especially excited about who we have on the phone today. Sorry, the show today, rather, uh, and what she's going to share with us about applying voice tools in the healthcare space. It's going to be a wonderful half hour. Yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, it's great to be back on the show with you. We've got this episode that we're recording now, as well as the show that we did with Rowena Track of Cigna. Both should be coming out, being released to Voice First FM and major podcast providers toward the end of the week. Our guest on the show today is Devin Nadar. Devin, say hello. Hey, Brad. Devin, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a privilege to have you on the show. You are Partnerships Manager, Innovation and Digital Health Accelerator at Boston Children's Hospital. Very interesting role. Share with us a little bit about what you do for Boston Children's Hospital and what Boston Children's Hospital does. Sure. So my role as the Partnerships Manager is at the Innovation and Digital Health Accelerator. Again, it's a lot of words, but um, what we do is we really have kind of, we're tasked with three different areas of the hospital. So we look for internal innovators and great ideas that are in the hospital ecosystem and see if we can accelerate those ideas to commercialization. And the second piece that we have is where where I'm sit right now is to look outside and see what exciting companies in the healthcare space or even outside of healthcare are doing and see if we can find a good match between a pain point here in the hospital and a startup or an established company that's out there in the ecosystem and find a find a synergy and move that along into a partnership or a project. And then we are also responsible for the digital strategy of the hospital. So thinking through what we can use from a digital perspective here in the hospital to enhance the patient experience, to enhance um, the care that our providers are giving, and just to move Boston Children's Hospital forward in that perspective as well. Very cool. What y'all are doing is great. Boston Children's Hospital, premier facility, premier institution, It's very interesting to see how Boston Children's Hospital has embraced Amazon Alexa. And really, this is my first question for you. I want to get straight into it. I want to dive into KidsMD, which by all appearances, and and perhaps you can shed some light on this for us, the, the first, one of the first Alexa skills that any hospital in the United States developed. Share with us a little bit about Kids MD, what that is, how patients or people can engage with that, and and what led Boston Children's Hospital to embrace Amazon Alexa in that way and spend the time, the resources, et cetera, to develop that. Um, at a basic level, Kids MD is the first consumer-facing healthcare skill that was available for Amazon Alexa. 
And it started off with an interest in a research project we had um, called Thermia. So that was the idea that we would bring clinical, like kind of clinical decision support tools in front of patients and make them accessible to the average consumer. So even before we focused on voice specifically, we were working on a thermometer integration with Ring. So when we kind of thought about voice and when it kind of started to get really exciting in terms of a new technology, it seemed like an obvious platform where we could and start where we could start to engage with consumers more. And generally speaking, KidsMD for us is this idea about being a trusted source of pediatric education for patients, for families, and just bringing kind of the expertise of BCH to the consumer. So to kind of answer your question about why specifically Amazon Alexa. So at that time, when we were working through this and Thermia was, you know, kind of a research project that we had out of our health map team, Amazon was really the only platform that was available for voice assistants and third parties to actually build on. So you could use their speech APIs that were available, but there was no commercially available speaker. So you could build it into your phone, but Amazon changed that and made it so for developers, they could actually just develop on this platform. And then you had that speaker that could basically project your content out. So that's kind of at least what led us to focus on Amazon as that platform was, you know, from a development perspective, it was incredibly easy to build on. They made it available and we saw it as a great opportunity to take something that was pretty simple. Um, so more or less KidsMD provides parents and patients with, you know, information about common symptoms. And then it provides a lot of basic dosing recommendations for Tylenol or what to do if your child has a specific fever. And it's all based on the age of your child and their weight. So it can provide age-based dosing recommendations, which are, you know, some things that a lot of parents might not be super familiar with. And, you know, they might need to look it up on the internet. Um, and we saw this as a way to kind of bring some of the Boston Children's Hospital expertise around common questions that parents might have, bring that into the home. With KidsMD and, and everything you've done so far, you know, there's a lot of ways that you could measure success with something like that, as well as probably throughout your portfolio of initiatives within your role. But for this Alexa, you know, KidsMD, Alexa skill, there's probably a lot of ways you can measure success. You, you could measure it just with the learning that's occurred internally. You can measure with the number of users or the, the efficacy of it. Share with us whether you, you and Boston Children's Hospital view KidsMD as a success um, or just, you know, perhaps a stepping stone and how you look at the metrics around what you've done. For us, it's been an incredible success. So we've had over 100,000 interactions um, that consumers have had with the skill. And we continue, even though it's been almost two years since we first deployed it, we continue to get a lot of new users um, and unique users. So even today, we have about 200 unique users every single week. So for us, that's an incredible success to have the first healthcare skill that's available you know, on Amazon Alexa and still to have it providing value and providing educational information to parents on a daily basis. That's been incredible. To the second point, I think, those numbers speak for themselves, but the learnings that we've been able to have around voice in general, 
the learnings that we've gotten from it um, in terms of understanding how clinicians would see voice, the impact just in terms of, again, kind of getting the Boston Children's Hospital name out there and providing that content to patients. All of that has been a great learning experience for us. You know, at the same time that we've been learning and making improvements to our skills, you know, externally facing and also some of the internal pilots that we've been working on that are not, you know, available on the consumer platform. We've also just been moving very rapidly as the platform has as well. So, you know, since we first built that skill, obviously Amazon has put out the show. And so we've been looking to see how we can use visuals to complement the information that we're already providing. We are also, you know, much better equipped to understand how users are interacting with the skill, what types of questions they're asking when we don't get an answer correct or when we can't you know, basically match the the question the patient is asking or the parent is asking to a response or a piece of content, we can take that learnings and we can say, okay, how could we provide this content? Or, you know, these were questions that we didn't anticipate people asking. All of those learnings are basically just taken in and then we use them to make our skills better and also you know, we take that into account when we are thinking about where can we go next? So which pilots can we do internally here in the hospital? What types of content do we want to add to it? And we're, you know, actively working on a version two of the Kids MD skill. Um, so we've just kind of been able to take the movement and the, you know, improvements that Amazon is doing, because that's another reason why the platform has been so great for us is the speed at which they've continued to iterate and to introduce new features. That's been incredibly helpful for us as we work on this platform as well. And, you know, on the other end, we think that our learnings are very valuable to others who are engaging on the platform or other companies that are looking to do this. And we also are really excited and always willing and wanting to share our learnings with others in the healthcare space and take, you know, kind of a lot of the concerns that we've heard, not only internally, but externally and share how we've been able to overcome those obstacles, overcome the hesitations, and you know, really develop products and skills that we think are going to make an impact on patient education and also more directly in the clinical space. So working with providers as well to get their input and to kind of show what we're doing and ask them what, you know, what they would like to see in our next project. You really touched on my next question with your answer there. So KidsMD was rolled out by what I've seen on the internet, April 2016. Is that, is that date correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's a, that's a long time ago in voice technology years. <laughs> you know, it's, it, for, for, uh, for the, the speed of the marketplace, as innovative as, as it is, boy, that was a long time ago. And as we know through This Week in Voice and some of our other Voice First FM programming, everything's moving so quickly. And you touched on it with what you just said. I'm intrigued by the idea that y'all are doing a Kids MD2. And that's actually a perfect segue into what I was going to ask. What features has Amazon rolled out? Or if you feel like, you know, if Kids MD2 is going to be something that also makes an appearance on Google Assistant, maybe share with us one or at most two features of voice-first technology that have surfaced 
either specifically on the Amazon side or just in general that are being perhaps incorporated into kids in D2 or that maybe you've just found most useful since kids in D came out because there's a lot of stuff that's come out since then. What new features of voice have intrigued you the most? One of the reasons that we you know, haven't done a full V2 yet is that we've been focusing a lot on some internal pilots. And those pilots in particular, we've been taking advantage of, I think, a lot of the you know, improvements that you were mentioning. So the, they're complete, I completely agree that voice has come so far in those two years. So even if you just think about like the utterances or, you know, the way that you even kind of access the skills that has changed so much. And I think one of the things that we're really excited about that I do want to mention is getting in front of Amazon's skill discovery. So just the idea that it's going to become a lot easier for users of the Amazon products to actually get to a skill without having to invoke a particular skill and say, you know, Alexa, ask kids MD X, Y, or Z. And that's actually been one of the biggest barriers for us is just making it so that it's, it's easy to get to the skill. And I think that that's been one of the barriers in general is people, even when they have a voice, you know, a voice assistant in their home, they kind of find the one, two or three things that work really easily and they know what to ask and they've figured out the way to ask it to always get, you know, the device to respond appropriately. But the flexibility to understand that there are many different ways that people speak and there are many different ways that people ask questions, I think that that has in general been one of the biggest improvements and what is one of the things that we're most excited about is just that as this technology gets better, you're going to have to kind of tailor your questions or tailor the way that you ask things less and less. Um, tell us more about the users and what they're saying and maybe some of the cases that they've interacted with uh, on the skill that you can share with us about uh, its usefulness and um uh, its creativity and um, its value. Yeah, so I'm actually going to segue a little bit and I'd love to kind of talk about the pilot that we've done in our ICU because I think that's also a good example of even more so how we see this technology progressing and being impactful in the clinical setting. So when you think about the Kids MD skill, we developed it with kind of the, the patient and like the parent um, at home in mind. So when you're asking about common symptoms, the vocabulary that you use is pretty basic. So when looking at what the users are asking, it was you know pretty understandable. And the integration with the smart thermometer really helped because obviously if you have a smart thermometer that's already inputting data into the skill, then there's kind of no there's no way that that data, you know, the number would come across wrong or, you know, the information wouldn't be correct. So that was one benefit that we had that allowed us to have so much success with the early versions, you know, and the earlier kind of technology. But as we've expanded beyond the consumer side and really looked at piloting skills that will be clinically impactful, we have, you know, run into those issues a lot more where when doctors are speaking or when nurses are speaking and Alexa is picking it up, she often misinterprets what they're saying because the vocabulary is just so different clinically 
um, from, you know, what kind of an average user would use with the smart speaker. So that has been one of the things that we're really excited about is finding a way for Amazon and their platform to be, you know, kind of have a clinical vocabulary as well. And so that's what we've been really focused on is doing matching on the back end and figuring out, you know, what questions did we ask in our, with our ICU Alexa pilot that the skill wasn't able to answer. And we really found that a lot of it was, you know, they would ask for a specific protocol that's used in the ICU and uh, Alexa wouldn't be able to understand what that was. And it would just, you know, kind of pull in a more average term instead of looking for a clinical term. So moving forward, one of the things that we're really hopeful for is that the kind of vocabulary and the database of knowledge and everything will expand on the Amazon side to have a focus on clinical terms and clinical vocabulary. So that won't be a barrier to getting voice much more rapidly deployed in kind of a healthcare setting. Because again, I think one of the concerns um, that we've heard a lot, and I will just kind of take a step back and say that we've been spending a lot of time and a lot of energy on really getting out there and talking to clinicians and talking to individuals here at the hospital about what they would want out of a voice assistance skill. So where can we be the most impactful? And I think that that's one of the most important things you can do is to just get out there and talk to your users because especially in the clinical setting, like voice and healthcare is still so new and it's been deployed in a lot of small pilots, but at the same time, isn't you know, isn't ubiquitous at all. So you kind of have to get out there and ask and say, you know, what would be useful to you? What can you see yourself asking Alexa for? And we've gotten a lot of great information on that. So I think that that is kind of one of the things that I do want to focus on is, you know, the the expansion by Amazon or Google Assistant or anyone out there. If you can put a focus on healthcare, we are so excited to work with you and develop and, you know, come up with meaningful projects and really address clinical pain points that will have an impact on clinical care. Yeah. I've uh, heard and also experienced myself um, that there are attributes to these tools that aren't quite ready for medical prime time. And you hit the nail on the head uh, regarding some of the, I think pronunciations um, and Latin roots uh, that are inherent in medical vernacular, but also just some of the combinations of even, you know, normative English words um, for a computer program without, you know, the right kind of tables and databases built in seem to be problematic. Now, you said that you uh, sort of have been talking to users about how they would like to use these tools. Uh, what, what's some of the feedback? I mean, what are some of the providers saying, this is useful for us and we would love to have it, even if it's not capable ready. Uh, what have they told you? They have been incredible in just providing tons of use cases. I think that's been one of the most surprising things thus far is we have found so many really simple use cases where we think that the information that provided to patients or clinicians could be incredibly impactful. So to talk through a quick couple of quick examples, um, just in terms of even going back to the dosing recommendations that kind of started KidsMD, even dosing guidelines or specific prescriptions that should be ordered based on weight or age, we've heard that many times that it would be great if I could just ask a simple question because right now it takes me 
I have to sign into the workstation. I have to go on to, for example, um, Lexicomp or up to date and type in, you know, the information that I'm trying to find. And that takes a lot of time. So that's kind of one example is, you know, quick, quick questions that, you know, you're not going to memorize what the dosage is for all of these different medications, even if you use them regularly. And so that's a very clinical example. But on the other end, we've also just heard, you know, if I have to print out a piece of paper that has information for a patient um, with discharge instructions, for example, I would just love to be able to ask a voice assistant to do that. And those are very direct, very specific requests that we can easily accommodate with a skill. And so hearing that and saying, you know, can you just send this to the printer because I have to print this for the patient or even a consent form, that would be incredibly helpful. So we've heard both the kind of clinical use cases in terms of there's tables that I would need to reference that if I could just ask for the information to be told to me, that would be very helpful all the way to the other end of it's very frustrating for me to, you know, figure out the right printer and go into my workstation and print out the consent form. And then we've also heard, you know, lists. If I could say, Hey, this supply is running low. Can you add it to this list? Then that information could be gathered at the end of the day. Whereas right now you have to put it on a whiteboard or there's just not even a good way to track it. So we've heard lots of clinical pain points in many different areas where we think voice could be incredibly helpful. The reason being, you know, if you have a specific direct question, voice is such a faster way to get that information. Yeah, I I agree. I think it is a quick way to do it. Um, I've actually had a lot of talks with uh, physicians about a capability with voice that I think is real, um, but I think we're still getting there. And I'd love your thoughts on it. And the thought is this, uh, where does voice capability put the provider back into the driver's seat with one-on-one exams? Meaning if I'm at the bedside inpatient or if I'm in an exam room outpatient, um, you know, voice has this possibility of being able to hear trigger words and record like Dragon software would into an EMR. Have you talked about this at all with any of your providers? Has it come up or maybe are you aware of any vectors headed that way? I have heard of someone that is doing some research and development in that space. Um, but I think that's sort of getting us back to the one-on-one healing that medicine started out with. And it's interesting and paradoxical that it would be a technology doing it. Curious about your thoughts or if you've had discussions with providers about that capability. Yeah, so I would say that I've definitely had discussions that are similar. So one of the th- one of the themes that I've heard is voice would be great if I could access information that's in the EMR but is hidden to me for one reason or another that would actually help me better treat the patient that's in front of me. So the examples that we've heard, you know, across the board are if a patient had a recent x-ray or if they had a recent prescription that was filled, it would be great to know that because that impacts how I would treat them today or it provides me additional information. So I've heard very commonly that digging through the EMR to find information that you need is incredibly frustrating. And so if there was some way to ask a voice assistant to do so, that would be great. To your question and or and kind of the idea of 
putting the provider back in, in the driver's seat and really having that patient interaction be the focus of a visit. I think that has definitely also come up. Just the idea being with an EMR or if you're typing throughout a patient visit, that takes away from the experience. And it takes away from the fact that you're having a conversation with the patient about what they've been feeling or how their recovery is going or just you know what's happened in the past year since you saw them. And if you're spending your time typing into the EMR, trying to put in orders, that takes away from that. That takes away from your healing process because you're trying to remember, you know, what the correct pathway is in your EMR. And I think that the idea of trigger words, we've definitely heard, you know, the request for, oh, can you order this x-ray or can you order, can you send this prescription to the patient's pharmacy? I think those requests are continuing to kind of be at the forefront because the idea is that you really want it to be an assistant. Like you want it to be as if someone is there and kind of doing all the things in the EMR, putting in the orders and everything that you would have to be doing so that you can actually focus on the conversation that you're having with the patient. Um, And another theme that I do want to bring up is the idea of patient empowerment and empowering the patient to better understand their care and what is kind of expected of them after they leave the office or after they leave the visit. So I've heard that over and over again, that if a voice assistant could make it so that the patient better understands what the provider is saying and also is able to re kind of provide that information at a later date, whether it's at home or whether it's even in the waiting room, um, that would be really helpful. And it would really change the way that patients are able to manage their care outside of the exam room. Devin Nadar will be speaking at the first ever Voice of Healthcare Summit taking place Tuesday, August 7th on the campus of Harvard Medical School. The website for that is www.v as in Victor, ohsummit.com. Devin, we appreciate your time today. And before we let you go, um, I want to get you on the record with your thoughts and perhaps a prediction uh, if you want to do that. Obviously, you are very current with technology, very current with uh, the evolution of voice technology and everything that's taken place. Do you think that by the time we convene at Harvard Medical School for the Voice of Healthcare Summit uh, in August, that we will know what Amazon's grand, uh, but right now very secretive healthcare plans are And do you want to offer any sort of prediction? That's a tough final question. I'm going to be optimistic. I think we will know what Amazon's grand plans are. And I also am very hopeful that we will know about the HIPAA compliance piece by that that time, because I think that that is one of the biggest barriers that we face in healthcare is not feeling as though, you know, it's secure and we we can't really have it in a lot with using patient information. So With that said, I am going to predict that they're going to announce that the devices will be HIPAA compliant and hopefully we'll know even more about what Amazon sees as the future of voice and healthcare from their perspective, because I think it will very much impact where this technology goes. And I'm optimistic about that. You heard it here first. Devin, thank you very, very much for sharing not just your time with us today, but your insight as well. Thank you so much for having me. Really, it's really been great talking to you. For The Voice of Healthcare, episode 13. Thank you for listening. And until next time.